0: What's up, Costanzio?
1: How you doing? Thank you Does for C- having me.
0: Does Costanzio? Sorry, I totally jumped in Jump on in. you there. Does Costanzio like me? So is that Italian? Is that mean something, or is it just like one of those names where mom was like, "That sounds awesome."
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> first off, let me say this: as a non-narcissist, I love my name, Costanzio, and here's why: because nobody else has the name. There you go. Um, but here's the thing: I so I'm half Italian, half Mexican, right? Um, when I spent uh, a time in Italy. Uh, to teach English as a second language, I al- before that time, I always thought, yeah, my name is, castenzio is Italian. Everybody who asked me, hey, what is that? I'm like, well, it's-, it's gotta be Italian. My last name is Venegas. My dad's Mexican, right? So that's Mexican, Spanish. And then my first, you know, it's Italian. And so when I got to Italy, I'm like, Hey, you know my first name's Italian. She looked my my uh, house mom. She looked at me, Paola. She was like, <laughs> "I don't know any Castenzios, and I've been all over Italy." And I'm like, "Interesting." She said, "Yeah, I've heard," and she gave me a variation of other names. Um, so comes to find out, it's not actually a true, if you will, Italian, but it has Latin roots, right? So it's a Latin-based name, which Spanish is Latin, French, right? Italian, Latin. But um, my mom got it, I believe, and I can never get the full story out of her. She got it from, I think a distant relative that had a similar name and said, yeah, I want to name him Castenzio. So, um, but you, you Google it. You don't, I don't think you find any other, you may now, I don't know, but yeah,
0: there are a couple other Charles Ungermachs in the world. Are there really? Do you know what Ungermach means? No, what is it? It means like irksome or bothersome. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, like, annoying. <laughs> yeah.
1: We all have that side. To exactly. Us, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. My dad always makes the joke. Kind of makes you wonder what your ancestors were like. Huh? <laughs> some some weird messy yeah. family history in there somewhere if you go have, back far enough.
1: Speaking of family history, have you ever taken the DNA test? The DNA test? Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. It really. is fascinating. Well, You're and the crazy
0: thing because because my family like generations back came from the northern part of Germany. Okay. And so the same the same like origin of the. Uh, marauders who sacked Rome and then also wow. who burned like Saxony, <laughs> so you get like when you you don 't get german when when you when it comes up you get all these other like things because right. you know generation you know 'cause a thousand years ago our ancestors were yeah. you know and so then um you have like family in quotation marks you know <laughs> yeah. relatives blood relatives all over the place in Europe because that the barbarians there we go the barbarians were all yeah. over europe too so it was kind of crazy that is crazy
1: yeah it's interesting i so i did my results i got i was so nervous because when i sent them in all my life i was like half and half like it's just been easy to be like hey if somebody asked me you know what are you what's your ethnicity and i get that a lot but um in part because the way i look and also because how i talk right so i've always been <laughs> easy to say italian and mexican but then i'm like my whole that's what I've been that was my identity right that was my identity so when I when I was waiting for the several weeks I forget how long it takes to come back I was like what if this doesn't say what I've always believed like it's gonna rock my world and so I didn't open it for the first few days when I got it back um, but when I did get it back it comes to find out that I came to, I came to find out that when you so you know I have a twin brother obviously right my, yeah. so just because you're a brother and sister or twin right you don't necessarily have this is alleged so I don't know if this is the wrong. <laughs> know like that you don't actually take on the same exact <laughs> DNA ratio. So we can both be Italian and Mexican, but so I you, might be- and you're
0: identical twins, right?
1: We're fraternal, actually. Fraternal, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which I think is just split eggs, right? Oh my gosh. Let me no, know.
0: identical twins would be split eggs. Okay, okay. Fraternal would be like two different- Fertilized eggs. Okay. Yeah. So
1: we're fraternal. And so he might have like 55% Italian. I might have like 50, right? But but because we don't take on the same. So anyways, when I got it back, I was struggling with that because I didn't know that. But I was, it comes to, so I'm Southern Italian, 60%. And then the rest of it is just like this mix of what you would think is the makeup of Spanish or Mexican rather. Right, so it's yeah. like there's Mexico, there's Aguascalientes in Mexico, there's Texas in there. And then there's like a myriad of other ethnicity denomination so there's black is in there african right is in there uh european spanish is in there and so i joke now i'm like when somebody asks me you know what's your ethnicity i'm like well technically i can say i'm puerto rican because i have (laughs) (laughs) european spanish black and whatever else right so we just got what everything (laughs) everything mixed in
0: here yeah yeah yeah.
1: but small percentage of that but yeah yeah so the name actually but to go back to the name the name there was this um i think you used to get these at the state fair but i got this uh this i don't know what you call it a card with like your name on it and then it had like a bible verse to it okay it was a psalms verse and this was and they had
0: castenzio or you had to get it made
1: i think you had to get it made i don't know exactly the origin of this but i I know that like what i assumed was it it attributed it had defined what the name meant biblically so it was really interesting because i didn't grow up christian and when i got the when i had the card i still have it and i wish i had the the psalms memorized but um the scripture it would be so cool if i had to memorized right now i can say it but, <laughs> I don't. but essentially it's like um forever i will praise the nations of and give god all the glory right so that's so i've all that's always stuck to me even when i wasn't you know walking with jesus right like so it's so it's been interesting because i often reflect not every day i wish but like is what i'm doing Giving God the glory, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'd say, I, I I, I'm a nerd about like nades and an, nades, <laughs> names and names, names and ancestry because like it, it, it speaks so much meaning into who we yeah, are and what we become. And if you can kind of attach who you are now to what you know yeah. where you've come from, right, right. It, like, just even more meaning. But um, Charles means strong and manly, and then Edward That's is so uh, like a king, so kingly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so then for seven generations, <clears throat> five generations, seven generations, something like that. All the men in my family have either been Charles Edward or Edward Charles. So my dad is Edward Charles the awesome. third. So then someday when I get a little kid running around, I'll probably we'll probably name him Charles Edward, but you're not gonna call him after me. Like we'll call him after Grandpa because <laughs> sure. Grandpa's the, Grandpa's the shoulders we stand on. There you right? go. So
1: isn't that interesting? Because like biblically names meant so much, yeah. And in fact, shaped the very essence of who you were. And so when I hear you say Charlie means manly, right? Yeah. It's like that i'm like yeah and king like you know you're this down in a good way right like this right, alpha yeah, male, yeah, right yeah, that's yeah. who you are that's who god made you right right well so, and,
0: and you say and again to take it so like through the generations back right yeah. and you see to mm-hmm. see um I, I i i love this this term uh that i heard i don't even remember where i heard it it was years ago i heard this idea of being the transitional figure in your family wow so wow. for and, and, and in 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 each generation as well so if you go like generations back Um, like his classic story of, you know, you go four generations back and there's, he's a world war one veteran, uh, who struggles with before they had, you know, really a grip on what PTSD is. Like that's really what it was and crazy alcoholism and all Mm -hmm. kinds of that kind of stuff. And then a strong woman who really stood by his side and got him right, which is also awesome. Uh, Shout out to the long dead Barbara Ungemok. Um <laughs> yes. but uh, so then, so then my grandfather, you know, took it took it a step in the next direction. He's a public servant for his entire life, and was an excellent father. And then my dad, you know, as a public minister, um, and then you know, and then like it logically makes sense That's to awesome. see where I am then. Yeah. But then also like picking up my my part in the story and saying oh, let's carry this That's forth, good. and then starting the next generation yeah. carrying it forth again. That's good. I love it, and my and part. that name, that idea of like. You know, when, when, uh, everything's heading in the wrong direction mm-hmm. to put your foot down and say, no, this isn't going to be the story of my family yeah. and heading back. Into the, can you think of anything more kingly than that?
1: Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Your part in the story that, that really, that really, uh, res, res, you know, that really sits well with me. Um, and when I think about mine, as you say that, I think about my name, uh, we didn't, we don't have this tradition of growing up in the faith in the walk. You know, so <clears throat> when I think about that scripture that was attributed to my name on this card that was laminated, right, I think like it's interesting and in how much I feel favored and how blessed I feel that God would choose us, right like um, why me, you know, and that's what he did for everybody in the cross, right, like you and you everybody, and so I think like there's that that like really sits well with this i will give god the glory because we're supposed to be set apart and so how has he set me apart within my family tree and what does that mean for the rest what does that mean for the trajectory of my future my family where we go you know so it's good that's good stuff man i haven't thought about that in a while
0: Well, on the flip side, to keep that going in that direction, you you think about Paul when he's talking, I think Mm -hmm. it's in Corinthians or Mm -hmm. Ephesians, where he's talking about, like, if anybody could brag, it's me, right? I come from the best heritage, the best family line. I've done all the right Jewish things. I've followed all the laws and everything. Like, my family can't say that. You go back a few generations, and it's a mess, (laughs) Right. Right. you know? Like, my family can't say that, and they made something of it anyway. And now, like, I can't think of a a greater honor than being an ungevach, right? Right. And so, like understanding the, the work and sacrifices they put in, yes. but then also standing my yep. place, understanding my place in the picture and saying we could go back there mm-hmm. if you don't walk the line too. Right. And uh, even further saying, like the Lord hasn't chosen me because I'm some great, you know, this, that, or whatever. He's used, he's used broken men for generations yeah. to shape me that's into right. who I am.
1: That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and then you take up the mantle, right? Like think yep. about Elisha and Elijah. So like, the mantle is yours. And I, I, you know, that's interesting because I've always asked for a double portion. I've always been in the mindset of like, because I don't have anybody in my family to say and point back to like, look at this great woman or man of faith, right? But people that have come into my life since I've started to walk in this is like either great ministers or pastors or people who just have this amazing relationship with Jesus. And I thought like, man, the anointing that's on their life, the favor that's on their life not for vain purposes, but for just effectiveness and use in the kingdom. I want, I want double portion, right? Like yeah. I want double portion of that. And you have this, like this, you carry this mantle and like you are. And so like the, the, the scripture of Ephesians three twenty comes to mind. Always like we are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to you know yeah and it's according to what according to what god's his power what he purposed us to do so it's just powerful for, to think about that man yeah
0: did Did you are you familiar with david gaggins at all no so you'd love david gaggins yeah. he's right up your alley he's, okay. he's super vulgar <laughs> but <laughs> you're not him. super vulgar i'm not saying that but <laughs> not you not usually at least um, <laughs> anyway um so but he uh he's a navy seal and it, like his oh yeah quick quick yeah. story coming through like he he like um, he was abused as a child and like um, his mom ran away from his dad like all that kind of stuff and then like at one point he weighed like Three hundred some pounds, and then he had to lose he had to lose like hundred and thirty pounds in three months in order to be able to go off the seal train to begin with, and he had to do hell week three times and all that, and he eventually became a, a, a decorated seal, and at one sure. point was like the uh, recruiter who's like the face of of the Navy Seal community oh, to wow. recruits and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so he's got a book that has come out, and he like does ultra marathons and all kinds of like just does crazy stuff. Wow, yeah. and and first of all, he he talks all the time about like you know, he, he's got to keep pushing the limits because if he, mm. if he doesn't like he's, he, that, that, that is what's holding him together. Right. If he right. doesn't, if he isn't thinking about you know, the workout tomorrow or the next thing he has to run or the next like trip he has to take mm-hmm. or whatever, then he's just like spiraling again, just like right. he did when he was young. Um, but, but what I was getting at was he, he was talking about, I don't remember if he said it was a dream he had or if it was just like something like an image he had in his head, mm-hmm. but he had this vision, he said of, um, dying and ended up, you know, at, at Heaven's Gates. Yeah. And Saint Peter is like, you know, welcoming people in, yeah. and he's he's got a list in front of him, and he goes like, "Oh yeah, David Goggins." And then um, if 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 he hadn't done all the great things he's done, you oh. know, so Saint Peter looks at him and says, "Ah, like ultra runner, oh Navy Seal, decorated combat veteran, oh mm-hmm. you wrote a book, you're a motivational speaker," and, he, and he's saying, um, "Like if if I hadn't." I had the strength to just like go out and do all this. I would have been like some 300 pound, you know, 60 year old couch potato who's going, That's not me. Like, that's not me. And the idea of St. Peter looking at him and saying, Well, that's what that's what you were supposed to be like mm-hmm. those are the good wow. works that to quote Hebrews those are the good works that God had prepared in advance for you to yeah. do yeah, yeah. and the idea of getting to heaven's gates and, and finding out there was something more you, mm-hmm. you know like God had something greater for you and you just like yeah. and whether or not that's doctrinal I don't know like I'm not saying <laughs> that okay. that's actually gonna happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying that at all so I think cute, when man, we yeah. get to heaven it's gonna be this blissful awesome experience where <laughs> God says indescribable you know, right <laughs> I don't think he's really gonna be sitting up there going well you didn't check all the bullet points off son <laughs> all right but (laughs) Like that idea of getting to the end of my life and knowing that Mm. I had accomplished all those things that the Lord had set out for me to do, right? Right. That his plan in eternity was to say, hey, Charlie, you might be kind of messed up dude, but he's going to check these things off the list. Like these are the great things he's going to do for my kingdom.
1: Man, that brings me great joy. Uh, It's so, I love that because one of the, so I'll just share my greatest fear and I'm really Abashed in saying this, and I'm and I feel like I'm vulnerable to say this, but it's and it's really not that here's I'll just share it. So I, my my biggest fear and it connects to what you just said is I'm afraid to be normal. Afraid to be average. And so I think about like what you just said, because it's almost like the reason why I'm saying that is because when I get to, you know, just judgment day, I was like, like you said, like here is here was the potential, here was what I had for you, not because of your great because you're broken. You need me. You're imperfect, but the potential that I have of what you can do through me, um, and those things aren't normal. (coughs) Those things aren't average, you know what I mean? And so I think that, like, that's my fear. Like, if I, if we become, and normal would have to be defined, right? But, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, if we are operating as normal, average people, I think, for me, that means, like, we're not doing the fullness of what god has purposed us to do as men as husbands as leaders as civil rights people like as in our know, activists in our community whatever it is whatever god's purpose you to do and destiny you know so so i always think i always think about that man like i have to actually i'm glad you brought that up because i haven't thought about that fear in a while but i'm just like man am i normal today i don't want to be normal today
0: yeah yeah, lying Scripture says uh, in, in Revelation, God says, "If you're lukewarm, He's gonna spit you out." That's right. right? That's right. Man, hey, you would rather be hot or cold, just mm-hmm. spit you out. If you're gonna be evil, just be wicked, man. Right. <laughs> but don't be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's the, so the... if you're afraid to be at normal to keep that train going, how do you? So you can't be above average at everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're, if you're if you're gonna be an excellent bowler, you're probably gonna be an average golfer, right? <laughs> so, like, how do you? How do you? Yeah pick out what you're going to be excellent at like what you're going to pursue and really chase after i mean there's kind of the 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 obvious like checklist ones like being a being a husband community member church member yeah you know that kind of stuff but but how then like so you're an educator Mm -hmm. um and like you keep an excellent physical shape so how do you pick what stuff you choose to
1: throw all that energy into yeah that's a good question um Let me start with the place of like vision because I think so normal, right? Like when I think about opposing that, you know, fighting against that, I think it starts with a vision or in other words, going back to what God has promised. And I think if we can be honest with ourselves, every single one of us, wherever we're at in our relationship with Jesus, we can, we can point back to something and be like, yes, and we're true to ourselves, God's promised me this. Because I think that aligns with how he's designed us as individual men or women, right? But, like, how he's designed us. So, like, he's He's gifted you, you specifically, in this area of, like, men and leadership with respect to faith. And so, you you're doing it now right and you you'll do it full-time soon and so what i'm <clears throat> and so not prophetic maybe prophetic <laughs> but so what i'm saying is like so god spoke to me 20 he gosh he spoke to me this was 2011 in january i think i might have share this but i'll share it again and he gave me i was at a really low point and he gave me um i wouldn't say vision in terms of a picture but i was in prayer and i was just like okay <clears throat> i don't i was in my transition to italy So I had my master's degree, just to paint a picture of context, I had my master's degree in education. I had, um, I was teaching full time. I'd already taught for three years. And so um, when I got back from Arizona and came to Wisconsin, um, I was in this position of like getting ready to transition to Italy and go teach abroad because that was my next milestone in education. Well, the timeline didn't match up to what I had said, right? Like I was supposed to be in Italy, and so it was in January, and I was supposed to be gone in like August, September, whatever. And it was in January, I was still in Wisconsin, back in Racine. Um, and I'm like, God, okay, I don't, I don't understand. Like I know I need, I know you've 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 met you. I prayed about this, right? Like you said, this is what you want me to do, um, but I'm not there yet. So then I was praying, and then God gave me a, a uh, just a word, and it was in prayer, just like just came to me. And so I wrote it down. It was like God, He said, one day. 2015, by 2015, you will lead, direct, and um operate a network, found lead and direct operate a network of high performance schools by 2015. I was twenty eleven when I wrote that down. And so what's so crazy is like this just fast forward, you know some of the journey, right? But like what was crazy about that is that I wrote it down. I didn't tell anybody because it was stupid to say it out loud, right? But it was a promise that he gave me. And so and I had already he had already like like rocked my world because I was I was a double major in business and marketing, <clears throat> almost a minor in communications, but yet when I graduated college, I then went to Teach for America, right? So I went to teach, and and then when I went to Phoenix, that's when I had an encounter with Jesus, and I'm like, wow. So I was on this education track for three years, got my master's. Um, these are things that I'm doing that operates in my strength, or in other words, what God had called me to do, right? and And... And then when I knew him and, and was growing with him, then he gave me a word, and so I'm like, okay, how do I know this is not normal, right? You don't just stop go to Italy for no reason, like you you go because God called you, right? And when you come back, he gave me this thing that's not normal, right? You're gonna you don't even know you don't even have experience to lead, you don't even have how are you gonna open a school? You have no idea about opening a school, right? You have there's so much to that, right? <clears throat> not normal, but I believe God gave it to me and. And then so all this all of the pieces that worked out in between that year 2011 and literally in October, it was like around the the winter or f- maybe it was the fall of 2014 when Krista DeBoer came to me and said, "Hey, you know, the president of um, Open Sky Education, he wants to know if you would if you would be willing to open and lead our Racine school in 2015-2016 school year." And then Krista didn't know that about me. So I said, Krista, you know, I'm loyal. I love Center for Urban Teaching. I lo- I'm loyal to what, you know, what you brought me in the team to do. <clears throat> but there's 1% that, that you don't understand that I need to pray about. Because I, I forgot about it for a moment. It was always in the recess of mine, but, but I knew I had to do it. I knew God spoke it to me, rather. And so that that for me was not normal. I didn't set out to do this principalship, open a school, to go back to my community. But God had gave me that promise and so it's, it's up to us then to be like okay i don't i didn't i don't think i'm good in this area i don't think i can do well in this area but i know god has purposed me to do it so this is this is the next step so and, and i think that's a that's a biblical thing you know
0: um you look at gideon the calling of gideon you know, he's mm-hmm. he's hiding and he's threshing grain in the middle of the night and god comes to him and says the lord be with you mighty warrior and he goes you talking to me? Like
1: who are you talking <laughs> exactly to, right? It.
0: And and yeah. uh, Moses Moses says no like five times and finally God gets ticked off and goes, "Fine, I'll give you mm. I'll give you Aaron." That's good. I, like, you just see these again and again yeah. of like men who go like, "No." Like mm-hmm. Saul literally like at his own coronation, Saul is hiding in the back and doesn't want to come to the front at his own coronation. Yeah. Like yeah. you know men men who uh, are not equipped, mm-hmm. men who don't have opportunity, men mm-hmm. who you know, never dreamed of it, right? and God
1: says, no, you're the guy I got. You're the guy I got for this. It's good that you read that. So Saul, before he came, Paul, for me was just like, it was so, that was, that spoke to me when I started this journey, because when, when the Lord, on his road to Damascus, when the Lord, you know, blinded him, struck him blind, um, I can boil it down, and we we can fact check this scripture, but he had, Paul's response was in two questions, or actually two statements rather. No, there were two questions rather. And the two questions he said when he got struck blind, you know, he was persecuting Christians before us. You know the story, right? But when he was on the road to Damascus, he got struck blind, and he said, "Who art thou, Lord?" Number one. In other words, for me, that was like, "God, I know you're my Lord and Savior. I know that there you call me to 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 be a part of this family. Here's how I, you know. Here's what to do." And then the second question is, "What will you have me to do?" And so for me, I'm like, okay, my journey with Jesus, you know, started more or less in twenty seven two thousand and seven. And so it was like, I yes, I know what you did. I know it, I know the price that you paid, I know the remission of sins, I know the forgiveness, right? I know the resurrection. And then what will you have me to do? And so I think those two questions, like, man, that spoke to me ever since. Like, okay, God, next step of the life, not every single step of the way, what will you have me to do? You know, and I think that for me is not living normal. That's living above average, and so um, that requires a ton of stuff, right? Us to be in prayer, us to be continuously devoted to what He's calling us to do. You know?
0: Yeah. So you're you're one of those individuals who's just like insanely um, uh, out- disciplined and regimented about oh, what gosh. you're going after, right? Or at least you you uh, <laughs> you portray the image. <laughs> Uh, but like you, you know you get you get after it and you you even collect data on it and you like you you really get after it when you set your mind to something sure, yeah. so what's behind that
1: yeah
0: why like because so, a lot of people are like yeah i'll run a marathon and they run a marathon you know yeah. or, but you don't run a marathon you win a marathon right right you're that kind of guy <laughs> so what uh like what's the what's yeah. behind that like what's going on inside that's, your yeah. head that, that that that's what you choose to, i love it yeah i yeah. wish i could emulate it a little bit better <laughs> so what is it that what does that drive come from
1: yeah, I I think that so I have I mentioned this before earlier. I think before we turn on the tape, that I've been twin. I have a twin, right? So uh, I'm a minute older than my brother, and I feel like I came into this world feet first. Literally, my mom had to have a cesarean section because my I was gonna be choked to death right because i was coming out feet first right and so so the way i came into this world did want wait <laughs> <laughs> right, right and so and so as a result my brother was born a minute later because you know the doctor had cut her open so so for me i came into this world fe- uh, fighting and i feel like you know any one of us um it's almost like what i love about this is as es- you know jaime escalante said this to his students he's a you know latino teacher teaching in california back i forget when um and he said we have marks against us you know the color of our skin and our name and so he's speaking to kids you know who are latino or black right and so you have students who are there's a disadvantage right people are going to talk people are against you because of the way you look and because of your name and essentially they're going to judge you and so i think in this world i feel like i had some of that sense right like because i've always had this identity crisis where it's like well i'm italian mexican and so i had in high school i went to high school where we had two thousand students right so there was cliques everywhere I was friends with gothics. I was in the prep clique. I was I was an athlete. I was the gang members, the vice lords and GDs. We shake up with them in the hallway. So like we did. Like I knew every single gang of people, but I never felt like I belonged. Right. So so I'm painting this picture because I'm saying, I've never felt like that. The identity crisis was very real. So I've always felt like I've had to fight this battle. Right. So that's the first part. The second part of this is, is that I'm a twin, and so because of that, like everything is a competition everything and especially as a man i think i feel like everything is a competition Well, you can do that i can do that better right like it's always been like that in a loving way because i love my brother and i want him to do well too and so there's that mixture in this and then there's this other belief and i don't know where i developed this mindset i'm not sure but this mindset i've always been on the belief of like if you can do it anyone else if you can do it i can too why can't i like it, it, it's like it's like if we if, you know when when kennedy said like one day we will go to the moon, like, we, like, we're gonna figure this out, and we get, we, we went to the moon, right, like, we can go to the moon, we can do anything, right, and, and the scripture says, you know, with God, all things are possible, right, so there's that mind, there's that mentality, it's, like, you know, if you, if you believe, and it's, it's not this prosperity gospel, like, if I believe it, I'll receive it, right, let me ask, but it's not that, it's just, like, you, you gotta work hard for it, right, and then there's this final thing of, like, I feel, like, what, you know, I'm a mama's boy, and my mom, is amazing. My mom would, I attribute my mom to this. The first time I ever had a job was when I was 13 and it was a paper carrier. I was a paper boy. And so, um, my mom helped me get that job for whatever reason. I don't know why that was the position, but she, because I think it was the earliest, like at that age, you can actually, that was like one of the only jobs, you know, that paper route job had, I had three paper routes. And my mom would take me every morning because it was, there were three routes all together. And so, so we had, it wasn't everything. I couldn't walk the route or run the route. Like it was miles upon miles. So right. she had to take me in certain distances, right? So she took me every, she was faithful in this. Took me every single day, every single morning. we get up at five, maybe four or something sometimes. And and I would deliver paper for like three years. That discipline, man, like was inc- that was instrumental for me. So, so as a result, I'm a morning person. I get up at 4.30 every single day. As a result of that, like I have joined, my mom was always laughing and smiling in the morning, always having a conversation, but we were always with cracky jokes, and it also taught me this ethic of hard work. I'm like, man, I, you, if you want this paycheck that I received every month, it was around like two hundred, some three hundred, some dollars every every month rather, that I would receive. Like, man, like I that happened because of my daily four five o'clock get up, get up, paper up, paper up, paper up, yeah. and I'm like, man, that that. For me, that paid off. Like, hard work pays off. Kip, <laughs> school quotes that, right? But, like, that was real for me. You know what I mean? So, like, I've learned from the very on. like, you have to embrace struggle. You have to struggle. It doesn't feel good to wake up early. But you have to embrace struggle to make progress. And so, for me, that, that hard work discipline has always stuck with me. So, I just, it's just been a thing, man, like, ever since, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I remember my grandpa... Uh, I was working for my grandpa at the shop, and he'd, uh, so my, my family's John Drew dealers. So my mom's okay. side of the family. And walking around the shop, and I'd give my teenager, you know, <laughs> that uh, slow walk going, you know, <laughs> drag your heels on the ground. And he'd be, he'd be biting, like nipping on my heels, going, walk with a purpose. Walk like you're selling something. Like, I love that. Fine. <laughs> you know, and I hated it. Yeah. yeah. And now, like, when people, are, when people are putzing, it's like, we got we got work to do. Right. Like, we're here for That's a right. reason. That's right. You know, the two, uh, I, I loved that, uh, uh, like when they, I don't think they do it anymore, they didn't do it when I was there. But I loved when I like when we first started doing tours, yeah. And we'd go through St. Marcus every yeah. morning, they'd do they'd say the Be Strong poem, yeah, yeah. And the first verse is, You know, we are not here to play, to dream, or to right. drift, we have hard work to do and that's loads right. to lift, yeah. Shall not struggle, face it, tis God's gift. Hey, it's just good. like we got stuff to do, right, man. Right. Like, we're not here to, right? You know, like, we, yeah, we're here for a reason, we got. Work to do. Yeah, that's so, right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And if you don't have that sense of purpose, not you got to find it.
1: You do. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I just in thinking about education, man, I think this is so important. I, I think I don't know why it is. Maybe it's a human condition, but I often find kids, irrespective of whatever ethnicity, whatever socio economic status, kids I think gravitate towards like what's easy, no matter what it is, whether it's work whether it's play, sports, whatever it is, like, and as educators, man, like, you know, it's more than academics, and I think one of the things for us as educators is, is so, I think it's one of the most important things to teach our kids is to teach them that struggle is one of the only ways to grow, like, you have to struggle, you, and you have to embrace the struggle, and you think about any, like, what we would deem successful person, you can, that person you can look at their life and you can point back to the moment that a defining moment or the moment or a moment that they can attribute to their growth as a moment of struggle you know um and so think about this like when we think about character development too like when our with our character program we always talk about um what defines character so in other words ask yourself the question just thinking about it how have what helped you define your character and when people think about that you know they'll answer many questions like you know it was a mentor right it was it was somebody instrumental in my life or 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 it was a defining moment where you went rock bottom right and you yeah. learned a lesson hopefully right? And, 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 and like, those are the, mo- like, that's, in the Bible even says, right? Like, the, like, we're not promised no struggle. We're, mm-hmm. Jesus even says, take upon my, my he yoke, and my burden. So we're promised exactly the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, he says, my yoke is light, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. There's a yoke and burden, though, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that, like, we just have to embrace that. And that, 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 that scripture is beautiful because it's like what Paul talks about, you know, when I'm weak, I'm strong. So we have to admit this weakness. We have, we have to embrace this struggle, but that's where God can intervene and, and do the work. But yeah, man, like this this teaching our kids, this teaching ourselves that like, and I was just reading this Maxwell book lately. I I, um, I read, uh, you know, like to, part of the daily discipline, by the way, I set goals, you know, like every year, my goal is to reach, read 32 books this year. Every single year I set it. I'm at nine right now. I'm about to finish nine rather. So I'll be on track. That's three months <laughs> since the beginning of the year. But I'm reading Maxwell's book right now, and I'm on this chapter about, like, he's talking about, um, uh, I think the chapter's around, like, problem solving. But he makes this quote, or this statement, rather, it's about, like, um, difficult life. And he said, it was powerful to me because he said, it's interesting with people because people often think they, they, they're confused because life is difficult. But he said, if you can accept the fact that life is difficult and it will be difficult life will no longer be difficult yeah, because you welcome it. It's going to come, right? right. <laughs> and not that the difficulty goes away, but it's like you don't, you're not surprised by it, you know? Like mm-hmm. it, ha- life has its, t- man, that's just what it is, you know? Yeah, there's a there's a scene in Band of Brothers where, uh, I don't remember what the battle is,
0: but there's a scene where there's a guy, one of the soldiers is, is sitting in a foxhole and he can't pull the trigger, right? And, like <laughs> yes. He's just so shell-shocked, like yeah. there's nothing. He can't do anything. And at one point he's even like struck blind and an officer comes up to him and says, you know, like, you still you still think you're going to make it out of this, right? Like mm-hmm. you still think there's a happy ending here. Yeah. Um, the only, like the, the best soldiers are the soldiers who, like when the battle starts, they say, all right. I'm already dead, you mm. know. So what can I do between now and then? What can I do for my country? What can I do for my brothers between now and then? That's good. And uh, like, it's, same thing applies to life. Like, if I you're trying that. to get out alive, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Right. And right. so understanding that and saying this is my, this is the end. Yeah. And uh, even going further than that, if if for me to live as Christ and to die is gain, mm. then That's like, good. go ahead. It's like physically harm me sure right. bring me a couple hours closer to to my heavenly father right right or you know cause me some stress and some difficulty just gonna bring me closer to my heavenly right. father and so understanding that and saying like the what is there to there if that's true mm-hmm. then why would i live like a safe and right. quiet and boring
1: life exactly you yeah. know it just doesn't yeah. make sense it doesn't you know and then think think about it physically too right like the way god made our bodies you work out obviously right and so like um the way to build muscle is to break it down (laughs) you you have to go through the pain of lifting the weights right the eccentric concentric movement Mm -hmm. because you're breaking apart the muscle fibers because then when they build back up they're stronger they're bigger and so that was that that god created our bodies right like that that alone is like it's evident in that it's evident in our dna and so it's like this is this is this is this is life and um you know i think uh the one thing i was gonna say about that too is like this the 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 way that the way that you know when atrophy sets in is because when we're inactive you know so so i think active in the spiritual sense and active in the physical sense like we have to like paul said you know it's it's great gain to have physical, you know, to be it's competition, right? Like to, yeah. to have physical, race. but like the race that's before us, this physical race, like we have to be active. The spiritual mm-hmm. realm is all around us. And so, you know, that's why I think like, it's important to like open up and honest with our failures and, and mistakes because, you know, there's Liberty in that. And as the Bible says, like that you confess your faults one to another because there's healing in that. Um, Because that, you know, we can't i think that sin's power lies in secrecy so the when when we when we keep sin secret we're not able to confess one to another and 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 there's liberty and freedom and healing in that but when we do it's not because we're weak or vulnerable because we are actually right? right but rather because like god knows the design of like struggles progress the that des- design of like weakness is grace the design of like you you go through hardship but I'm going to make it through and like this, this is, this is the way it is, you know? So it's an attitude and perspective, man. Like I love your question, the initial question you asked, because like, it's like the, you discipline when you realize that like, no matter what you face or comes your way, you, you're going to, you're going to persevere and have grit because, because like you have purpose and vision for it right. and you know, you know, those things are going to come. Yeah. Right? exactly so, awesome. yeah it's good man
0: so you talk about um the idea that you have to be con- continually you know confessing and sharing you know
1: with each other that's hard though what does that look like for you that's hard man <sighs> i fail at this because okay. i'm a private person yeah i like to, you know i think i'm a private person you know I, my wife is amazing yeah, myself as well yeah tiffany my wife tiffany she's amazing she um we have completely different backgrounds so she'll often tell me I need you to talk. I need you to share. Like I need you to, you open up. Two things with this. Number one is like I have a difficult time of tagging a feeling and behavior. Right. The second thing is like it's just you know, I it's hard to share struggles. Yeah. It's hard to share that. So I think as men though, um, you know this platform is one of them, right? But I think as men though, like you, it's connecting with guys who understand. I think we all have a different story, you know. Uh, I love what you said before, like you talked about, like to do like men's ministry well, like you, you'd be like you, right, or you had to be like this drug dealer who's <laughs> completely flipped, right? Because right. God yeah. snatched him up. And so I think, but but think, but that the the value in that is like, man, find people who are like you that understand you, right? Like that you know that you can share with them anything, and then you and you know that they're not going to judge you for it because they get it, they understand it. You're they're men too. So for me, um, it's finding that core group of people the reason why CrossFit is so powerful because you have group accountability. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Right? Like, like it's my brother's a CrossFit, CrossFit training certified, and the reason why it's so powerful because like you got people they're cheering you on, like you know the right form, hopefully, right? But like
0: that's exactly the issue with CrossFit. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, that's my one niche. I love CrossFit people, so if you're listening to CrossFit, just make sure you do the right form. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but really, like that you, you you encourage each other because it's about like group accountability, and so for me <laughs> though, like. That group accountability you got to find that group man and and they have to there has to be people you can feel comfortable opening up with and there has to be a certain point of like where you realize like I I I'm comfortable with those people and now I got to do the hard part and open up you know so for me it's I got this you know a social media we have there's a there's the apps Marco Polo if you're familiar Marco Polo video chats right okay and so i'm on marco polo with video chats because two of my friends um ivy and justin they're in arizona and so the way that we communicate the way that we have done the last legit like um, two years in september almost every for sure every week it was in, in the beginning it was like every single day but it's multiple times a week we check in with each other through marco polo and we just share struggles we share real stuff we share things that we you know you know ideally disclose everything to our wives but you know when we struggle to share those things we share that and we open up because we not only minister to one another right we pray for one another but we also say like hey snap out of it like what's Mm -hmm. your struggle like what did you struggle with today would you struggle with this past week I'm gonna share it because I know they're not gonna judge me and chastise me for it but they're gonna encourage me and they're gonna call me out too you know but you got to find that group of people, and so it's finding it's finding that like, and you know, my brother has a group of people, a men that that get together every Friday. I love them, you know, and they're they're great. Um, and I told them this face to face too. But I'm like, you know, I can hang out with you guys, but this isn't my group, you know. Right. It's not my group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think f- to to do that is like you have you know it takes courage, but you have to find the right group of people of men, but you have to do it like you have mm-hmm. you just have to do it and you have to open up and it's so liberating because you know my somebody goes first all the at some point somebody goes first So my group of three people is my triad they have justin ivy me ivy always goes first and RV will share it. and i'm like man i'm so glad you said that because you're struggling with, i'm struggling with that too I, mm. I i i can i understand what you're saying and it's great. We're crying on here, right? Like we're crying. We see each other in the video chat. So we—so it's powerful because it's its more intimate than like a text message or a phone call, you know. We're crying on here. We're ministering to each other. But it's free, freeing in the Bible verifies this Mm -hmm. right like when you confess your faults to one another so i think i think that's huge man that's that's i'm not that's not the perfect way that's that's what that's how i do it though you know
0: yeah no i got i got two buddies who also you know because they're college buddies so they end up all over the country right so um but the same thing with we don't do it all together but like once i got one conversation scheduled you know earlier in the week the other one every friday morning you know, yeah, and it, like, there's even like the other teachers at school, like, no, on Friday morning, I'll be walking in with the phone in my ear. Yeah. You know, it's just like, that's, that's <laughs> yes. what's going on is we're having that, yeah. that conversation. Nice. And like nice you good. said, like, there's nothing hidden it's and right. like, and we know each other's pet sins too. Yeah. So then every once in a while, you push farther, like, okay, yeah, we got that out of the yeah. way. Like, yeah. what else is going on? Like, that's, <laughs> that's not right. the only that's struggle right. you've got. That's what other right. ones are going on? That's good. The one, the thing I struggle with is, especially since like, this isn't where I grew up yeah. and like, I, we bounced around so much as kids. Yeah. Like, we were, you know, different parts of the state and Midwest as kids. Um, and then I went to college in Minnesota and teach in Milwaukee and, mm-hmm. like, all that. I don't have any, like, childhood through adulthood friends, you know, like, wow, I don't have yeah. that kind of network. Yeah. And so I've got, I've got my, I don't have any brothers by birth so mm-hmm. those are my brothers like the interesting thing yeah. that i've no, like i've i reflected on this a little bit the interesting thing is my two best friends who i mm-hmm. they are brothers to me like i even introduced them as brothers when yeah. people meet them yeah. they also have sisters and not brothers and so we all like kind of connected that way yeah. and uh, like that's really interesting to me is that that's kind of how it like i haven't been able to develop right you know a, that kind of relationship with a guy that does have a brother which is really interesting yeah. and really cool yeah. but one of the things that I've, I've struggled with is I've got those guys who are always a phone call away right? Yeah. Um, and I can get a hold of them Um, And even if we don't get a hold of you, it's, you know, call twice and pick up if you can. If you can't pick up, we're going to get in touch as soon as possible. (laughs) But there isn't, I don't have that piece where there's a guy who's actively in my life, like Mm. where I see face to face in a couple of days, a week, you know, and who can call me out on my crap when I get there. Because even when you are on the phone and confessing, there is going to be something that you just like selfish pride or whatever it is, or maybe you just miss it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I know there's stuff I'm missing, and every once in a sure. while, I look around and I go, like, how did this how did we get here? <laughs> you know so like true. this is a pride point for me so and true. how did we get here? Yeah, you know like there was uh it, the, I, the, the, the my favorite way to compare it is. Uh, right now, I'm intermittent fasting, so I don't eat in the morning okay. before I go to school. But yeah. when I'm not, like when I'm when I'm trying to put weight on or trying to get stronger, I eat like four eggs and a bunch of sausage for breakfast every morning. Okay. And I like like to cook them over easy. And yeah. sometimes those yolks get cut my mustache and beard, right? <laughs> so I go walking into school, and I don't see it when I look in the mirror because it's still wet. But by the time I get to school, you've got like yellow egg yolk on oh your gosh. face, right? <laughs> and I'll get to like 9 yeah, o'clock yeah. in the morning, and I'll look in the mirror and go, What? <laughs> a hundred and people, 150 people have seen me this morning and nobody was like, Hey dude, you got something in your beard. (laughs) They were all just like rolling on with it. Like, so first of all, do I look like this all the time that it's just like normal? They're like, Hey, he's got food in his beard again. But then also like, why doesn't somebody say something, you know? And I don't want my life to be like that. Like real life, you know, like I don't want to be like cruising through life. And all of a sudden I have to notice that something's going wrong, that something's getting out of control that I'm, things are getting deficient here or whatever. Right. I don't like, I'm not going to notice it until it's detrimental. Yeah. Having somebody <laughs> else and saying like, Hey dude, this is, you know, mm-hmm. and I understand a spouse is that to some extent. Sure. should we'll probably get on that. But, sure. <laughs> but, uh, just having a, having brothers around. That's, that's one of the things that I struggle
1: with. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's interesting because there's, I think it's in Corinthians that talks about it compare. It has this comparison of how the word is like the analogy of the word is like a mirror. Yeah. And so your your analogy is perfect, right? Like it talks about I don't see the imperfection, but when you look at me you see it. Yeah. And if I were to look in the mirror or in other words if I were to reflect on what what God has showed me, I would see it, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, man, I think that like for me I struggle with the same thing because as I mentioned earlier, it's hard for me to take like behaviors or feelings, right? Like I'll know when, generally speaking, like when like, yes, this is off, but I won't necessarily be able to, in the moment, be like, yeah, I'm going on the wrong path, right? Like, right. I think as men, we struggle with that, right? Yeah. Women, and I'm being general, by and large are like really good at that. Like, they be like, hey, you know, I see long term, this, you continue with this, it's a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think like, um, you know, I think like there's this continual like process for us to be like how are we doing like this daily or weekly checkup you know and and i love when you send like a brother to check me out because even on these marco polls that i have with men it's like oh, ivory and justin will what they'll do is you know I'll, I, I i always do this because i know they'll ask me i say you know i'm struggling and i'm like hey, pray for me and then i'll end the video chat i'll say things before that right but i won't go into detail like i'll just say i'm struggling and they'll come back like, Stens, you just said you're struggling. <laughs> Shut up <laughs> and open up, right? Like, it's like yeah. like share, right? And so 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 I think that's, um, I think it's so important because for me, sometimes I can't, it's hard to be reflective, man. Like, I can see and analyze that person in this situation and these students and this staff, right? But, like, when it comes to ourselves, like, like I think sometimes we have a blind spot, for me at least. And so we need, like, good quality brothers in our life um Irrespective of their blood or not, right? Like God yeah. designed us, a brother is born for adversity, um, and and so in times of trouble, right? Like they're there. So like I feel like that that's biblical, right? It's like you need guys who are like in that time of struggle. You need somebody to be like, hey, this this is real. I'm gonna call it out. Yeah. You know, work on it. And then and I've always compared like a true friend of somebody like you're out to eat, and let's say you're with a group of people. And you got a booger in your nose. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: And the friend will be like, dude, you got a booger. In, like turn to the side, like get it out. You know what I mean? Like you have somebody who call it out. Like yeah. everybody knows it. And so I feel like in leadership too, like that's in leadership is like, everybody knows your weakness. Everybody yeah. knows it. Anyways, we have to be aware of ourselves with ourselves and be yeah. like, Hey, I'm gonna call it out. I know it's not enough to be like, oh, so I know I'm weak in this. Ha ha ha. I'm laughing off. But it's right. like, I know I'm weak and here's how I'm working on it. You yeah, know, and that's the next step. Like yep. call it out, get somebody to call it out for you, yeah. name it and be like, okay, got it. Here's what I need to do to change it. Right. And being vocal
0: about that and saying right. you know, like, this is like, this is what the next week is going to look like, or this is what my, the goal is mm-hmm. so that they have something to come back to and say like, well, yeah. dude, you said this,
1: that's right. you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's integrity at that point. So. It is, man. You know, something else I was thinking about too, like, and this is a struggle for me. I think it's a struggle for, I'll just be vulnerable for a moment. I think it's a struggle for me because, and this might sound like an excuse because of personality though, but, but like, we just have to be honest with ourselves about boundaries, you know? Cause like when we talk about, all this connects, like you talked about discipline and then now you're talking about, like now we're talking about like, how do you hold yourself accountable and um, you know, to, to the struggles that you may have, right? Like, so boundaries is so important as men man. aren't they like absolutely dating or not married or not like we talked earlier about like you know the a book that talks about this right but boundaries are so important because and i and i'm fully i fully believe that we know our own boundaries and we know where we need to draw the line in in what context yeah, relationship. Okay. Relationship. And I think boundaries that I like that uh, to define it. But I think in general, right like you say it apply to anything but if we think about relationships, right? Yeah. Like relationships, married or not married, right? Like boundaries right. are so important because because nobody sets out to marry to be like I'm gonna have infidelity, right? <laughs> nobody sets out to have like if you're you're you know, a God fearing man and like you're dating somebody to marry, like you don't set out to be like, I'm gonna have sex with this woman before we get married, right? Maybe some, but like if you if you if you know like what the truth right, says, like yeah. you you want to have a a pure relationship before you get married, so you put boundaries in place, and so the boundaries are there to to guard against your weaknesses to and and really your weaknesses are your flesh. Yeah, you know when Paul talked about, I asked God to remove this thorn in my flesh three times, it didn't go away. So there are I things am. in our life, man, in our flesh, and things in our just our area of weaknesses that are not going to go away. I fully believe that, right? And so it's like, what do we do to not necessarily mitigate that, but to work through that. Yeah. And I think in relationships it's boundaries, man. It's boundaries. And we just have to be real at ourselves. Like for for you know, for like for marriages, I think for wives, for my wife and I, like it's like you I know my past. I can't I shouldn't find myself alone with the woman when I want even in a car ride or even, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's, no, absolutely. And so it's, so it, it's, that's a conviction that you have to ask God, right? Like no matter what it is, if you're dating, it's like, okay. Um, for me, I just shared with me, for me, it was like, I loved R&B music, right? So when I was dating, for me, a boundary would, did not look like this. Meaning like, come over tonight, I'm going to put candles on. I'm going to put some R&B music we're not going to talk about R. Kelly, but like we're going to put R&B music, right? <laughs> and then slow jams, we call it, right? And then yeah. like... like
0: it just like, you know, see what the happens. Move. Right, right. Got like, that line, right. You just erased that line and moved it about <laughs> right. six feet back.
1: And you can't say, okay, God, you know my heart. But then <laughs> the Bible talks right. about flee from fornication. It doesn't say sit with fornication and resist. It says flee. Yeah. Flee means you go the opposite direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's like the boundary there is like, Uh, The way I got in this is like discipline, right? So we just have to recognize we have a flesh. We have the flesh, right? We have areas of weakness as men. And so like the discipline of it is so important because it's not necessarily, works don't save us, right? But but the Bible does talk about like faith without works is dead. Like we have, how do you exercise your faith? In other words, like God says there's a million dollar treasure over there three miles. If I believe it, I would go. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, well you're going and and if and you're going to drop everything to go to go you find do it. it. Yeah, yeah. you go
1: find it. Right. You 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 go find it because that's the work's part of it. Like yeah. I didn't put it there. I didn't cause it to be there. I didn't it's there because God said it's there. God, He provided yeah. it, but I need to go and get it. I'm
0: also not gonna like drive past the lot and be like, <laughs> "Well, I'm kind of late for work at my $10 an hour
1: job." You know, That's like right. get That's out
0: right. the car and go dig That's it up. Right.
1: That's right. Yeah, you gotta. Work. So, so I think that like that that there's this thing like, man, we just have to be real with ourselves. That's what I'm saying, and all this, yeah. right? The key idea: you have to be real with yourself um, and know your weaknesses. You know, yeah, because the enemy knows them. Yeah. Well, and to tie yeah. that
0: back around to purpose again um like uh, like we all have those moments and those times where like we're <laughs> I, the best way i think in my mind to describe it is when you're itching for a fight you know yeah, like yeah. we've all had those days where like you just want to get in a fight but you don't <laughs> want to be the guy that starts the fight you know like yeah, yeah. you like, uh, whether whether you're sitting in a bar and there's some guy annoying you and you're just like man say something to me like just say something to me <laughs> yeah, right. or you know like you're you know, whatever it is you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh but temptation is the same way yeah, so there's is, there are yeah. times like you can't you no one can deny that there are times where you're scrolling through instagram and you're like just send, send me a little something right send a little something <laughs> my way like i'm not looking for it but i'm gonna go like all right i'm gonna go hit search uh uh-huh. see what might yeah. pop up right there and you know so right. and so that's where purpose comes in is so you say, "Does this in. serve my purpose?" Yeah. So you're sitting yeah. there in a the recliner at ten thirty at night yeah. and say, "Does this serve my purpose?" right No, I got stuff to do tomorrow, yeah, and I got you know for you, I got a beautiful woman lying a bit of waiting, yeah. you know, yeah. like let's move right. in the direction of my purpose instead, you know, yeah. like I have things in place to chase after mm-hmm. what God has spoken into my life and so being able to it, you're not gonna say no. You're not gonna flee from temptation mm-hmm. if you don't have something to flee that's to. Good. Also,
1: that's powerful. Uh, yeah, that's powerful, man. Yeah, because sin is attractive. Feels good. Like you wouldn't pursue something. You know, sin leads to death. You don't. You don't attract it because it's ugly and disgusting. <laughs> Eventually, right. it becomes that right. But yeah. But because there's an attraction level, man. So like, yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Like you ground yourself in purpose. Yeah. And that takes maturity though. That that, that that takes some maturity because, yeah, man, I've been married. It'll go on six years, July 27th, 2013, right? So like, so in the five years, it's like the maturity of it is like, I know God, what he's purposed for me. And every single day it requires daily decisions to stay, faithful in that yeah in that purpose now i'm not just talking about faithful infidelity but just faithful in the purpose of God's like faithful yeah. in being a husband that makes a woman feel special and loved and prized and as the bible says you know you would give up your life for her as christ gave up for the church right so like yeah man it, that takes maturity though and doesn't always feel good
0: no, it doesn't. It's that delayed gratification thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh Megan Good and what's her husband's name? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Devon Franklin and Megan Good wrote a book mm-hmm. called The Wait. And they tied okay. that like the whole first half of the book barely talked about celibacy at all. Wow. It mostly talked about delayed gratification. And then like the second half of the book was telling wow. their story and saying, Yeah. So this is what it looks like when you're practicing celibacy. Yeah. And they, they also the thing they pointed out, which I'd never thought about before, is this difference between abstinence and celibacy. The yeah. ab- difference between abstinence and celibacy is abstinence is just like, don't do it. Celibacy wow. is celibacy is saying, no, I'm setting it aside yeah. for this purpose. Right? That's good. So like it's something yeah. I'm looking forward to. Right. It's something I'm going to take part in, and yeah. I'm not doing it yet until this happens, That's and it's wow. a reward at the end of it. That wow. is celibacy. Yeah. The other thing is they were talking about uh, the idea of like whether or not it's honorable yeah. and saying like there are two kinds of people who are quote-unquote celibate yeah. is the kind of people who have the opportunity to have sex and they okay. say no i'm gonna delay it oh, there's wow. also the group of people who never really had a chance they <laughs> never really did the work they never really had an opportunity to look him in yeah. the face but they're like oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna get married as a virgin Well, they also never been alone with a girl <laughs> yeah. so like yeah, yeah, you right. never really you, you never put yourself in a place where there was somebody right. that was like actually right. so not not to cha- not to again not to willingly put yourself into temptation right, right. but to understand that there is like you to having meaningful relationships meaningful. and pursuing that godly you know spouse right. and, and having those real conversations right. that you need to have and then saying okay this is you know we've decided this is where we want to go with this now let's get a ring let's do this right and right. and uh yeah. you know not right off into the sunset we all right. know that's not real but you know going <laughs> Taking the next step, and yeah. then when you get there, you know you uh, go out on your honeymoon, and you say, "All right, now what? Yeah. You know, where we go from here?" Yeah. And say, yeah. you know, you, uh, get, like you said, "Now what? Yeah, now what?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's good." Um, you know, people can judge me, but I'll just be a little bit. I'll just be open a little bit here. Um, th- this is where grace comes in, man. Like, oh, yeah. grace, because, um, m- you know, my wife and I have opposite backgrounds growing up. You know, and so the first time I got into church was, yeah, 2007, 2008 really became like this year of like, God, God started to settle in me conviction and, and, and here morally as a man, here's what, you know, like as you're pursuing a woman, right. And, and, and so I don't have a great example, right. As a, as a, as a, as a father, right. Or as a husband. So my background, um, I was exposed to sex. at a young age right my background i as a man we believe that you define your manliness by how many women you can sleep with yeah you know and um and then when you get into the church and i'm saying church not by building but just like a group of people yeah when you get into the church you realize like okay i i think that's wrong but why Right. And then the the why I understood this with my pastor, man, my, my pastor and his wife, um, he him and I had the same it was like he was it was like it was him. He was speaking to me. He had the same background and then he preached a series and a sermon about about this, about this conviction. And he said, Listen, I made a vow because God has spoke to me, I made a vow to I'm gonna commit to being celibate, set aside for my wife because it's what she deserves. Um and once god had touched him and reached him right like and this is what he was going to do and then so he committed and i think i remember this to this day 11 years since the time he stopped having sex when he was you know before he was in the world living and doing the worldly things um he and then this the next time he had sex 11 years later was with his wife and so that's where grace comes in right because he wasn't a virgin uh in the sense of the matter but like but god honored his vow and his commitment and so his wife was a virgin, though, right? So, I, so, I, so when I heard this, I'm like, okay, I don't have to, com- I don't have to <laughs> condemn myself, right? I don't have to live in this. I messed up. I can't ever get the back, right? But rather, like, I can accept grace. And so when God spoke to me, man, this was interesting because, like, I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do. I need to commit to this. 2009, it was ended up being the next year, 2009. And so I committed to it. I wrote it down. I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do. I know this is what I need to do. I'm gonna find my wife. I'm gonna find, and then I wrote out this list of like essentials and non-essentials here. And I think I got it from that one book, right? Essentials are like, these are things I can't negotiate with the woman, right? Here are non-essentials. Here are things that like I would desire. God, you know my heart. Like these are, these are, these, these are fleeting things, right? These are things that like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, but, but things that I know that I'm wired to like, and so I'm on this journey, right? And I, and I, and I'm in Phoenix when this happens and I go back home to, to my hometown, Racine. And I, got the enemy knows my weakness and I fell for it right like uh we wrestle not against flesh and blood but but of the principalities and rulers of dark and so the principalities knew like like my struggles relationships so I got into this relationship man and and I fell and I and I and I fell on my promise of celibacy um when I got back to Phoenix this was during a break of school so I was teaching at the time and I got back to Phoenix and I was serving as an usher in my church and my pastor, it was we were in the back room. My pastor came up to me. He's like, "Hey, Stence, how are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm good." And I just said it like that. And he looked at me. He's like, "No, you're not." And I'm like, "That's interesting." I'm like, "What?" You? And he looked at me. He said, um, "How are you really doing? Like your relationships?" And he and then I didn't say anything. And he looked at me. He's like, "I promise you, I'm not even have a relationship with him like this. Like in, the, in terms of like, yeah, telling us. He's like, you had you had you had sex with somebody." And he he said this because this was the holy spirit leading him right like and he called it out and it was in love though it was like yeah, yeah. And, and and i'm like I, I didn't even argue against it at this point i'm like i put my head down and then he was like listen he's like i love you he's like um you, you know you never say god loves you too he's like but here's, here's what we're gonna do for the next steps and the moment the what he did right there was so much leadership and so much as a man like i needed in my life that i'm like man so the next 90 days of my life was just so powerful and instrumental. Like he called me out on this. And then so what ended up happening was, you know, I sat out from being an usher and I just got take some time. took some time to reflect and I'm like, man, I got it. Like, I, like that's, that is God's grace. So in this of like, we know what God has destined for us and ordained for us. And the purpose of our lives isn't to live perfect. It, Bible does say be perfect. None of us are perfect. Jesus is perfect. And so in this is like, we recognize we mess up, but what do we do in response? You know, yeah how do we accept and receive his grace, and, um, you know, Bishop T.D. Jake said this, I think, I like this, it's not necessarily doctrinal, but he's like, grace is the space to get it right, you know, Paul, because Paul talks about, you don't, you don't, you know, I, I don't sin because I can, I want to get away with it, like, uh, you know, um, I, I do that, which I don't want to do, right, but like, grace is the space to get it right, like, you make a mistake, I love you, I forgive you, and like, and, like, we, we got to make this 180 change, change, you know? So it was powerful for me because, like, when my wife and I, before we got married, we shared everything with each other. And I said, I just want to be honest with you. Like, I want to share everything with you because, you know, there there shouldn't be no secrets. And, like, this is what it is. And the grace is her accepting that. The grace is her realizing the testimony what God did in my life, right? You know what I mean? And so I think, like, um, I'm going on for a while and I'll stop here, but I think, like, it's powerful to know, like, like in light of the discipline, in light of the purpose God has for us, in light of where he called us to, we're not going to be perfect. It's no excuse to not be perfect, but it's recognizing that his grace is sufficient, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think you, you hit on something there too, when you said you shared everything with each other. Um, And and um, so I don't remember who said it to me. It was probably my grandpa. But somebody at some point just said to me simply like, life is so much easier when you don't lie about anything. <laughs> and yeah. and and I think his point right. at the in the moment was like I probably had like forgotten a lie that I told and it was yeah. like got caught in it or whatever. But the same thing is true like just the way you live your daily life, right? right. And so especially when we get into the realms of like sexual sin. Right. It's so easy to just be like hunker down and just hide mm-hmm. all that darkness, right? right? And like sooner or later Something's gonna boil to the surface, mm-hmm. like whether it's whether it's just something going on inside of you, yeah. or whether that temptation starts coming back and nipping mm-hmm. at your heels, or whatever it is. And if you haven't, like, there's no way, there's like your brothers can't have a thermometer on it mm-hmm. if if you don't tell them. That's right. Like if you don't tell your spouse, like now, like I've got some buddies that just like they they get married and then their spouse falls out of, of something, like, and they say. You know, if I would have known, we would have never got married. Like, mm. I don't think that's true, first of all. And <laughs> second of all, like, what a terrible way to spend your first, yeah. you know, eight months of marriage. Right, right. You know? And yeah. so uh, I think the best advice I've ever gotten is, uh, as far as dating goes, mm-hmm. was this idea of, not necessarily like first five minutes of the first date, you know, but yeah. like within your, I, I like to play by the, the three, Three date rule or three interaction rule. Okay, you know, unless it's just really obvious. But (laughs) three (laughs) times, if you're interested, give it three times, and then decide if it's something you're gonna pursue any further, right? And so, uh, in that time, by the time that third interaction is is going on, you need to know, like, pretty much what they believe. You Mm -hmm. need to know what they believe as far as faith goes and and religion. Mm -hmm. You need to know what they want out of life and what direction they're heading in. Mm -hmm. You want you need to know. You know, like what their financial situation looks like. Even if it's not like, you know, in depth, like I know exactly how much you make and how much debt right, you right. have and all that. And frankly, I, I probably don't want to share <laughs> <It's> <laughs> completely on my yeah. end either. But I like have a general idea, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then like on the and then on the last one, to be able to have shared, you know, my own vulnerability and say, like, hey, right. this is stuff I've struggled with, and then have that come back. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, when you have that conversation. Frank, there's just not a lot of 26-year-old men who are virgins, right? Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. definitely not a, t- a lot of twi- 26-year-old men who have kind of been able to live some of the life experiences I've lived that mm-hmm. come out of that virgin, you know? Sure. Um, and uh, so, sure. But that doesn't mean that there's no sexual sin there, right? right. Like I've struggled with porn, I've struggled yeah. with all the things that go with it yeah. and all that. And so having that conversation, yeah. almost every time, I, the first thing she says is, well, I didn't expect you to be so vulnerable. And then the second thing is, usually... I mean, unfortunately, usually it's (laughs) like, well, I I didn't, you know, since you said that I want to share and, you know, and then they, they open up about, you know, their own sexual activity Mm -hmm. and uh, like most of the time it's like, yeah. So we're like, we're both in a place now where Mm -hmm. we're living the way Mm -hmm. God wants us to live. Right. right. Or at least the best of our ability. Yeah. Um, But also understanding like on both sides, like, I don't want to be surprised either. And she doesn't want to be, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but you know where I'm going with this is that vulnerability, that openness. And that's key. And the same thing with, you know, the guys that we have relationships, it has to be Mm -hmm. the same way too. Yeah. So here's a question for you. How do guys make the cut? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, I not to be bragging on myself, but I (laughs) I have a fair number of guys who want more access and don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's a fair number of guys who well, I want more access to them, and I don't get it, mm-hmm. right, for various reasons. Um, who, who makes the who makes the team, right? Who wow. makes the cut for you?
1: Yeah, with like your these are my brothers that I shared. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, like I kind of think about like ripples in a pond. You know, you've got that wow. basketball team that suits up with you. Yeah. Right? You got those four, three, four, five guys that are close. Yeah. And then you have got you know the next ring out where you you know what's going on in each other's lives, but you don't necessarily like you're not intimate. On like all the little things that are going on in life, and then you got a lot of friends, you know. Yeah. On the outside, yeah. so who makes the cut? Who gets in in the circle?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not good to answer this, but because here's it, and I and I'll do my best. Um, I have tons of acquaintances. Yeah. Tons. Um, because it's just my personality where like I struggle to go deep with people and develop strong relationships. Right. So it's hard, right? Like, who makes the cut? I think. Cause the the cut is like you're somebody who you can be vulnerable with. Yeah, you're somebody who can share like what you just shared, right? Like I struggle with this, this, and this. Um, so I don't. For me, and the, and I and I think like every man has to wrestle with this because I think it's because it's essential. It's what we started this conversation with. Like, um, how do you get to a place where you're like you're able to open up, right? And and walk as man. So I think, because it's so essential, right? But, like, I think for me, I'll answer this is, like, I'll say that I think, like, for me, one of the most important things is, like, this this connection or relatability, you know? Because I'm thinking about my few. And my few are, like, three. Yeah. And I think about. And in, even those three, there's a limitation within each. But, like, the three, there's a connection there that they understand. Yeah. Um, where I've been and who i am mm-hmm. and where i'm going you know um that's important man you know and conversations are built or relationships are built rather conversation at a time but like then there's a certain level of like you can build relationships and deepen them um but then when you meet somebody like you know like on a deep level like they get they understand where i'm at because yeah. they've they've either experienced what i've gone through or um similar you know so that's important because everyone I can think of, all three of them, I can think of. I think about the the life that they lived. I think about where they're at. They're all married. One j- unfortunately just got divorced, you know. Um, but, uh, they're we're at the same place in life, and we also experience same things, and we share like similar things. And I don't think that's necessarily that may not be for everybody, right? Like, that may not be a requirement for everybody. Everybody, but for me, that like that's that's huge, right? Um. And I think about, like, the, I guess I think about, like, with that, like, comes a myriad of things. Like, I, I, I can't be close with somebody who's, and not because I'm, not because I don't want to or because I think I'm above them, but somebody who has a different faith.
0: Right. Agreed. Like, Agreed. you have
1: to, right? You know, I can't, I, if you're Buddhist, I, I'm going to love you. But like we're only gonna go so far. Right, right exactly. <laughs> How you point into it, you know. Um, and there's nothing against Buddhist is the first thing that came to my mind. Um, so there has to be this faith, right? Like yeah. it ha- you have to be on this path and this journey. Um, not that you're perfect because we're not, this is the whole reason why we're brothers, right? But like that like you believe what I believe because this is the truth of life. That's huge. Um, you know, and I think somebody like all all three of them are not afraid and not shy to give it to me raw. Yeah. You know, that's huge. And you think about it with anybody, like if you really love somebody and care for somebody, you will be honest and be real with them. Yeah. You know, I, for somebody who's a stranger, it's like you know, um the good Samaritan thing to do is like let them know like hey, you know, like um Watch out before you trip over when you're walking <laughs> them <and> out. But <laughs> right. like, but like the thing about it is like you you're not gonna go out your way more than likely. Like right. for somebody yeah. who, but somebody you care about, like you're gonna give the you're gonna have the hard conversation. You're gonna give the thing that that like most people won't do the difficult thing because 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 that's important for it. So I think people. I don't know what comes first like the relationship or like you just being really open and honest and transparent but that's huge that's got to be huge because like that's you make the cut if like don't just say yes to everything i do don't just be like everything you do is great like i'm (laughs) i need you to tell me like what sucks i need you to tell me like about me that's huge and then i think um somebody so like like faith right like transparency and like honesty and just direct a level of directness. you know, um, and I think I always like doing threes, right? So I'll take a third one. I think, if I think about all three of them, I think about, um, I think about their like level of, I'll use the word success here too, right? Because like when you think about leadership, it's like, it's really hard to take somebody where you haven't been. And so I think that that's important. And a relationship with men that that builds you up. How successful are they? I think that's huge, man. Like yeah. and so so in, in the way that we have a mentor that's above us in that sense, but we should have a mentee below us in that sense so we can bring somebody up. But I think that's so important with like they can sp- cuz now they can speak so there there's somebody who can relate to you. There's somebody who can speak directly to you, but there's somebody also who can share exactly what you've been through. Yeah. So I think those, men, those really resonate with me of, like, that's who makes the cut.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And not necessarily, like, worldly success either, you know? Right. Success exactly. in, like,
1: what, what do they have
0: that, to be just totally raw on it, mm-hmm. like, what do they have that I want, mm-hmm. you know? And I think about, you know, my two closest guys, you know, yeah. one of them is, like, the the doctrinal guy, you know, <laughs> you like he, he'll that. quote you that. like these different theologians on you know, on yeah. this topic. And he's got like, if I'll say like, this is Bible passage that says, and he goes, oh, yeah, that one. It's, uh, you know, this, this, this. And here's <laughs> what it is in the original Greek and Hebrew and blah, blah, blah. Love and you just that. go like, whoa. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then on the other side, you know, the guy who's he's always been a little bit stronger. Like yeah. he's always been just a little <laughs> bit, never been better looking, but just a little bit better dressed, <laughs> you know, like he got, yeah, he yeah. got the kind of girl that, that yeah. I want to end up with, yeah. you know, like that, that kind of guy who yeah. just always just <laughs> somehow finds a way to be a little bit better than me at everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. so I'm always chasing him right. and like, what, <laughs> that's exactly what I need. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And then like, as guys come in, if I'm not like, if I'm not reaching up for them, right. like I, they're not gonna make it right in yeah. right and, yeah. and at the same time understanding that i have to provide value to them too exactly yeah it can't yeah. be a one-way thing
1: no it can't so. be man because i think that's where like where, like what 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 i may struggle with um you may struggle with right but you also may have victory in where you can speak to me and where you struggle with i may have victory and i can speak to you um an analogy quickly that to explain this is like you you shouldn't live and hang out where you fell. Yeah. So like, if I was addicted to or, to like, you know, heroin, I don't know why they can't remind. I shouldn't have men in my life who are just heroin addicts. Right. Um. Not that you can't minister to them, right? I'm right. not saying that you can mentor them, but like people who speak life into you, man, like you gotta have somebody who like you. They can't really live where you fell in, right? To a certain extent, because. Yeah. Because that's where the relatability, connectability comes in. Like, like you understand where I went through. But there's yeah. got to be victory, man. Like, you have to have victory. Yeah. That's where the, the success, quote, unquote, success is. And when I say success, right, like, how faithful we've been with what God's given us. Yeah. That success. Um, there's got to be victory in that so that way people can speak to us and yeah. we can speak to them, you know. Because that's
0: back to boundaries again, it, you know. Man, yeah. Like, who gets access? Who gets that's access, right. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, time is so important. You know, time is so important. Because, like, I feel like right now my 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 role my title is principal director so i I usually don't often say the title because what does that mean essentially (laughs) i I support and manage principals one of the key ideas we talk about when i talk with principals is the first thing that we always discuss is like how the your success is dependent on how you spend your time not not necessarily like so, so not Because like you have, everybody has forty hours in a day or twenty four hours in a day, right? (laughs) Sorry, not (laughs) forty. So how you spend that time is gonna really dictate your success, right? So like for me, when we think about like pouring into each other, like you have to have boundaries and limitations of who do you pour into, who do you let pour into, because you have a limited amount of time, like, and and like that's that time that you value, like you can't freely. You just have it has to be purposeful, man. How you spend it, you know. In the same way, like a principle successful is like. So many things can pull them away from the core work that they do, which yeah. is supporting teachers, which is making sure culture and instruction. But if you like constantly put out fire, 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 those are, those are essential at certain points. So you have to build in time for that. But if you're constantly yeah. doing only those things, you're going to fail at your core job. Be- so how you spend your time. So I think the time spent, man, it, that's why it, for me that question is so important because it's like you have to have a select. You have to have a few that cut, make the cut. Because you can't pour into everybody. Everybody can't pour into you. You have to be so intentional about how you sp- select and spend your time with people.
0: All right. So, as we finish up here, the uh, question I got to ask every guest is yeah. what does it mean? Be, <laughs> what does it mean to be a man? Uh, slash, you know, what is it? What makes a uh, Christian man?
1: We're coming to an end, huh?
0: Six, six well, we only have so much audio we can put. We can we can roll again <laughs> yeah, after this. this
1: is over, right. we can only make one episode so long yeah. before it is too long. This is good. So, what take? What does it mean to be a man? Yeah, what does it mean to be a man? <sighs> wow, I wasn't ready for this question. Um,
0: <laughs> I usually prep
1: people at it. I prep you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: What does it mean to be a man? Speaking truth in the chaos. Let me let me explain. Um, when Adam. Was created, God gave this crazy responsibility and said, and asked him to name every creature, an animal, living being, right? So he said, essentially, like speak truth, what they are, who they are, into chaos. This, it, and the chaos here is like there's no identity. So Adam named, and so it was, zebra, lion. Right, like you can go on monkey. So men speak truth into chaos, and when you think about like the value of a man in a relationship with a woman, you, the truth into chaos is, you, I love you because you mean so much to me because the woman that you are because the truth of this is like when the Bible talks about Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, in life." The truth, or in other words, Jesus here is like you sacrifice your life, because Jesus said, um, "You know, love your wives like the church." And what did What I do with the? I died for her, right? So, for me, like that's as a man, right? Like as a father, as a as a father, when you have kids, you speak truth into them, right? You tell them, you affirm your young men, you're strong. God's created you for a purpose. You're loved to your daughters, right? Like you're beautiful. Um you, the what you're valuable, what you have to offer. Like don't let any man take that away from right? Like there's so many and then so you speak truth in the chaos, right? Like and and like when you don't do that, you think about the repercussions. Single single home, right? Like you think about what what could happen. You think about what sin could creep up because of it. And if you don't speak truth in the chaos with a woman, you think about like the, the, the inevitable relationship that will create like a woman who, who uh, will leave or like infidelity, right? Like you think about like, as men, like we are, uh, that's what defines a man. Like God's position us to speak truth in the cast. When he called us to be leaders of the household, it's not because we have all the right answers, but it's rather like God's given us this position to define direction. We get input. We get our like, there's, there's this woman have this intuition that we don't have, right? But like, there's this, we we speak truth in the chaos, right, That's that, that for me is masculinity, not in the sense of, like, not in the sense of, like, rough and tumble, just rough and tumble, right, but it's also rough and tumble, and it's also sensitive, you know, like, you speak truth, you speak the truth in the chaos, and that for me is the man. That's awesome, and yeah.
0: to, to add some more to that, yeah. if you look at the Genesis account, um, mm-hmm. and I, I just looked this up while you were talking because it good. just like the <laughs> light bulb went off. Someday when I read a book, in a couple of weeks when I read a book, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this good. is going to go in there because this is awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Um, anyway, so Adam, if you look at the Genesis account, Adam names Eve twice. Mm. He names her at when he first meets her. Uh, when uh, so the Lord made woman from the Lord God made a woman f- from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So he names her there. He gives her purpose and identity. He says, we are now together. We are one flesh. Right. right. And so that defines their relationship with each other. And then at the end of the account, after they're fallen to sin, then Adam names her again. Any he names are so mm. chaos has broken out, right. like it is ultimate chaos. Yeah. They know they're gonna die, mm-hmm. and like to yeah. conject on a little bit, they per- yeah. like they likely don't know how when right. they don't know anything, they don't have any kids yet. Yeah. So, like, all this crazy, like, so much there is no known mm-hmm. besides that they have lost heavenly bliss like i think that's right. the worst exist that's, worst, that's a worse that's the worst existence than <laughs> yeah. we can because we get like moments of bliss right yeah, yeah. like you get wh- whether you want to talk about like physical relationships or just like moments of laughter or like yeah. earthly bliss we yeah. get like snapshots little tiny seconds right. of heaven right. they, they lived live in, it. in eden live in it. and then lost it yep and you go yep. like oh, yeah now what right? right and so adam names eve yeah. that in 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 takes that chaos yeah. And in that, names her Eve because yeah. she will be the mother of all people.
1: That's good, man. Like, Isn't that good?
0: Takes this chaos and yeah. says, nope, this is the this is our purpose and our direction. Yeah, God has given us a mission. This is our yeah. purpose and our direction. Here's yeah. the role you're going to play yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So just to add to your uh, think, thing there.
1: Think about it as men too. Like as, as a young man, what I need from my father is I need him to speak truth. in the I need him to affirm me that like you are good enough. You are strong enough. You are, you are, the potential that you have is more than what you think or ask, right? Like, you are, as your case, like a manly man, a king. It's just like, well, God's designed us that way, you know? Like, you, we speak truth in the chaos. It, yeah, it's just, it just makes sense, man. I, this For me, I think that's huge for a man. Like, you, your goal is to speak truth in the chaos. And the truth is always aligned to what the word says. Always.
0: All right. Thank you. Costanzo, you rock, man. I'm glad you're with us. Man, um, thanks for having this me. This thing, I can't wait for people to hear this. This is going to be good. If somebody hears what you're talking about, wants to get in touch with you, or wants to know more about your schools, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, I'm an open book, man. Uh, uh, you know, I like to be like a glass house, right? Like, you don't, there aren't any secrets. There's always secrets. Everything really, you can always call me, contact me. So I think the best thing is, is cell phone. You can call me. Um, I'll give my cell phone number. It's 262 412 Four one two nine nine seven seven, and then you can always email me. But um, I've long last name, first name, and last name. So <laughs> so call me, text me. That's 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 totally that's totally fine. Uh, Getting contact contact me that way. Otherwise, I'm on social media. Usually, I use Instagram as my main as my main source here. Sweet,
0: awesome, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thank We're you. Glad we had you. Thanks for being I'm here. I'm so glad to there be here, go. man.
1: Thank you for the work that you do, child. Awesome. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up Podcast. And there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as Gird Up underscore like underscore A underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash Gird And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.